Hi guys, Sean and Miriam here, and welcome to That Staff Room Podcast. Every other week, we will be chatting about all things school-related, from school dinners to Ofsted ratings. Join us in the conversation as we delve into the life of a teacher, the good, the bad, and the downright hilarious. Now, lesson is in session. Hello, everybody, and hello, Miriam. Hello, Sean. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to that Staff Room podcast. We're so excited you are back with us, aren't we, Sean? I know, and just a big shout out to everybody around the world mm. from the UAE, Sweden, Switzerland, Portugal, what? Greece, Germany, France, Ireland, Hong Kong, <laughs> Australia, people in the United States, in Illinois, Massachusetts, Oregon. Alabama, Texas, New Jersey, Washington, Kansas. It is absolutely overwhelming the amount of people from all over the globe that have listened to our podcast. We are so thrilled and humbled by this. So thank you so much. If that is you, hello. Hello and thank you. We are truly an international podcast, which is really, really exciting. So thank you, everybody. Um, We're so um, privilege that you are joining us on this episode again and uh, this week we're going to be discussing about surviving that autumn time not just surviving but thriving in this autumn term so Sean how's your autumn term started how's it gone so far <laughs> yeah well it's um as I said I think I say in this podcast it's like sprinting on a treadmill sometimes you know and um I've hit the ground running for sure um it is a new job role for me as well i'm uh, take just taking over the music department again which i am loving um so it's just a lot of setting up really making sure that all of the curriculums in place all of the kind of clubs are starting all of the um peripatetic teachers have their timetables so kids can get back in the music classrooms but it's just that buzz around lunchtime when you open the doors and there are kids coming in playing instruments. That's been my kind of feeling for the last couple of weeks, just having a really musical lunchtime. So I'm loving it, actually. That's good. That's so good to hear. And I'm sure so many of you are really enjoying the start to your autumn term. It's a great time. It's a long term. It does get a bit darker and a bit colder. I think those are the things that we're going to start discussing in this podcast. So we really hope you guys enjoy it. Um, don't forget to give us some feedback. We love hearing from you, especially our international audience get in touch um, and enjoy the podcast guys welcome to episode two so this episode is about preparing for that autumn term and um, mm. last episode Miriam we spoke about perhaps dreading that autumn term and it being the big mm-hmm. one so <laughs> yeah, what are some of the things that you kind of go into that term like telling yourself Oh, we're going to start off with that. What I tell myself. I think Mm. every single year I go into the year thinking I am going to stay on top of my marking. (laughs) (laughs) I am going to be the queen of marking this term. Like every kid, their book is going to be immaculate. Like every kid, I'm going to make sure I mark every single thing they do. Like, I don't know. Is this bad? Because like, you know, when you set like homework, like, Sometimes I don't mark everything. That's really bad, isn't it? But like, you, <laughs> should you I don't mark every this? piece of homework? <laughs> Please tell me you don't mark every single piece of homework. Wow, you've just admitted this just, on podcast. I know that... some kind of national podcast. But like, if I'm honest, I go into every single autumn term like, yeah, I'm going to be the queen of it. 
And then before I know it, it's all caught up with me again and I'm so behind and I'm like, oh, kids, don't hand anything in until I've caught up. Um, is that just me? <laughs> do you do that too? Please tell me you do that too. I think being a music teacher, I have a different kind of relationship with marking, quite honestly, Fair. because, yeah, we don't produce a lot of written work. Uh, you know, it's a mm, lot of feedback-based kind of... Um, instruction and like you know feedback isn't it so it's a, mm. it's much more in the moment and um less about marking something and then waiting till the next lesson and getting them to review it because that moment's passed so you really want to kind of you know give them their feedback <laughs> in the moment so they can act on it so i don't yeah. have that marking anxiety apart mm. from during exams and stuff but i don't really that's not keeping me up during the summer Fair, okay. Like exams and assessments always obviously mark those. But I'm talking about like just the general classwork marking. Like it depends on what your school marking policy is, I guess, because ours used to be quite intense. Like, mm. I don't know if you remember, but like and I suppose again being a music teacher is a little bit different. But ours was intense. Like you had to mark every page with like the date and the initials to say that you'd seen the page and then check for spelling, mm. grammar and punctuation. And then obviously you're assessing like their like little assessment for learning paragraphs they might do in the lesson if it's key stage three or their kind of ten markers, twenty markers at A level, whatever. Like it was like, a heavy load of marking you definitely felt the pressure and so I'd like go into the new term like no this is my term I'm gonna be on top of it I'm gonna just stay it's late my time to shine done. absolutely like that's that was definitely like the thing that would give me the most anxiety I think about and also the other thing that I'd go into every term thinking was um I am going to be like two weeks ahead in terms of mm, all of my lesson yeah. planning like I am going to be so ahead like I'm never going to have to have that worry ever again I'm going to photocopy everything the day before I need it like no more in the morning rushing to the photocopier and lining up behind 10 other staff none of that is not going to be me like that would be my little thing to myself every single year and then maybe for the first week <laughs> it works <laughs> yeah that's me you <laughs> i think i've got well it's changed right so it used to be more it used to be lesson planning mm. and um particularly when i more was more subject based in leadership and also as a classroom teacher it would be a lot of lesson planning because let's be real mm. you could get a lot done before the summer but you know summer term it starts to get easier to leave on time and you're like, oh, Definitely. it's sunny out. I want to go meet my friends and, you know, all these kind yeah. of things. Like, it's nice to just be out <laughs> of work in the summer, isn't it? And mm. then you, if you'd have just put some money in the bank, you'd be living off, you know, some uh, interest in the in the autumn term. But you don't. <laughs> and then I don't want to yeah. work through my holiday because I already no. have to work some of my holiday anyway. Yeah, um, true. And then it's just you come back and you've got so much to do in terms of the planning that you didn't do. And a lot of times, you know, deadlines for lessons and schemes of learning are like pretty much the week back, aren't they? Straight you know, like yeah, they are, away, yeah. you need them then. So. But don't you think that's got easier now? Like over the years? Uh, yes and no. I think obviously it doesn't take me long to plan a lesson like it used to and all those type mm. of things, but I'm always trying to make it better. And, you know, um, especially if you don't have a consistent department, you're 
you know, of, of people every year, you end up refining things because you might not have been responsible for planning the scheme of learning that you're now delivering this year and you want to make adjustments True. and get to know it a bit better and all those type of things. But I think as a leader, um, the summer term, there's so much to do when you get back. There are like so, so many much. like, yeah, like you're reviewing results and then making plans. And if you're making plans, you know, you've got to create them by looking through data and like formulating yeah. what we're going to do this year. Then you've got to communicate it to your team. Then you've got to communicate yeah. it to the wider team. So everyone's, yeah. and it's, um, you, and you want to do that early because you, you know, you want to have a very clear vision and mission for your team yeah, so they know what they're coming exactly mm. so that that's a lot of pressure and what i find is sometimes you will get to like day three or day two of cpd depending on how many days you have days yeah and i'll realize that the kids are here tomorrow and i haven't even looked at what i'm teaching them. <laughs> and then that's the like that's my real worry that's my real worry. by week two and three exactly yeah, yeah. Every yeah. single year, it's exactly the same, isn't it? Like, you literally mm. you have your maybe one day, two days of inset where you're like, okay, let's get ready for the time. Like, let's write our plans. Let's come up with our strategy. And more time, you've probably done a little bit of that before you've got there as well. But there's so many meetings and so much going on in that first yeah. couple of days that you you don't even consider your lessons. And then the next day, you're like, ah! We now have extended tutor time and then it's straight into lessons and I haven't done any of my planning for it. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's pretty intense, those first initial days, for sure. Like, most definitely. When you get into, like, week two or three, you are... I find myself the opposite of what you're saying, almost. You're finding, like, the things that you said to yourself, you're like, oh, my gosh, <laughs> I'm I'm not doing them. <laughs> Whereas like week two and three, I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm in the flow. I'm like, I am, mm. you know, I'm, I'm, things are kind of happening as they were before type of thing. Maybe it's just, I'm a slow starter. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but, and also <laughs> you like try and get something done on the first day back. You're just, you're just catching up with everyone. And even if you don't yeah. want to, people are coming in and out of your of working space. And you know, How was your it's summer? fun. What did you get out to? Did you go on holiday? Obviously post-covid like no one's gone on holiday so the conversation's pretty short <laughs> yeah, yeah stayed in my house <laughs> that's happened a lot recently what did you do over the christmas oh stayed at home, <laughs> <Stayed> at home. <laughs> looking at the walls and rocking yeah. back and forth <laughs> no definitely it's true but other than like say the academic preparation or mental preparation that goes into like going back into term are there any kind of rituals that you do to get yourself ready for that kind of first couple of days of term or anything you specifically do or buy or anything like that i have to get back into ironing shirts that's a real thing <laughs> sunday evening <laughs> ironing shirts whilst i'm watching tv or or doing something like that that's a that's a, mm. the sleep routine you know by the time it oh. gets to the end of the six weeks you are scrambled totally um, you know, getting some new, some new dress code attire for the for the year oh, ahead. A new suit, throwing that's a new my suit for the first day. Thing. <laughs> that's my I like thing. it too. That shopping trip just before is the best. <laughs> it's when that new, you know, as a member of staff goes, oh, "Is that a new suit? Oh, this this old thing? No, no, <laughs> it's true. Oh, yeah, no, it's true. The the amount that you peruse the aisles looking for that. That outfit that's just gonna wow everyone. <laughs> I 
just, is that just me? I'd always search for a statement piece, you know, some new heels that are going to clip-clop down the hallway, making me look, you know, authoritative. And then they are quickly replaced by the flat shoes. <laughs> yeah, I had, um, I had, I made a mistake. So I have rubber-soled shoes now, I guess. They're rubber-soled. Mm-hmm. I had, like, some hard-soled shoes. And I it, it sounded like I was wearing heels. So I couldn't do the old, you know, the old sneak attack where you uh, sneak yeah. up on a lesson to see some kids just to see if they're, how they're getting on in a lesson. You've maybe had a chat with them earlier on and you say, I'm going to catch up later, see how you're getting on in whatever subject. I couldn't sneak attack. They'd hear me coming down the corridor. Oh, that is half of your superpower just gone in I an know, instant. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> it's basically like an invisibility cloak, but it doesn't cover my feet, you know, like <laughs> the worst superpower ever oh it's true but yeah i do love the i do love the like the the pre-prep the buying the stationery going to the go to wh smith you know you get your new little planner you get your new things in our school as well right there's this thing (laughs) where everyone has the same moleskin planner it's like the slt Um, did you have one no i didn't you didn't join that club no. Did you know that that club I, existed or have you just always been outside of the Moskin club? I realised that you guys have clearly kept me out of this club. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> thanks for the some invite. People even, some people even personalise them with their names on. But like there's a specific type of one. It's like the extra large one. And like I've seen it, but I didn't realise everyone has one. Everybody has the same one. Yeah, literally. Everyone has the same one. And there's like a real point of pride when it comes through the post from Amazon and you just start filling in that front cover, you know. If lost, return to. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Reward (laughs) given. But yeah, I really, I love that part. All the fresh Is it a teacher one though? Does it have like, so for those who don't teach. Yeah, like those who don't teach, you can buy teacher planners that have like periods written in the side Mm, already. Do you use that one? No. The the free one that we all got given. (laughs) No, there used to be one called the teacher planner and it was like a big mm. a4 like that's the one i'm talking about we used to get that one no that's not moleskin i didn't get it no free. no, no. that one's, like that one's not moleskin what no. really ah it was like 15 quid or whatever it might be more i remember like and you could customize the cover and all this kind of stuff mm-hmm. i used to have that one then i went completely digital i did that yes. for like a year like nothing paper like, free paper free <laughs> you know what? So everything was uh, on my Outlook. It would sync to my phone and all my other devices. Like I would get, because we have, you know, lessons start at weird times sometimes because of the breaks and mm. I'd have it ping up on my phone and then my watch would be like, five minutes, you have a lesson. Five minutes, you have a meeting, you know? like So that was the way I was living my life for a year. And um, to-do lists, because you can copy and paste them. So if you don't get something done that day, you don't have to rewrite it. You can just copy and paste it and drag it down. So I did mm. I did that for a good year. And so my setup, instead of writing them in, would be creating events in my calendar to repeat and not repeat and color coding them, which I still okay. do, actually, which I still do. But it's very I, organized I, I, of you, Sean. That's I have really to be. Organized of you. I'm very forgetful. So... Yeah. I have to like make sure I remember. So mm. like, you know, that that was the way I did it. But I now am back to the the handheld, book in hand what? planner. What made yeah. you go back? 
Hmm. I, I I like writing things down, and I like if I don't get something done. <laughs> this is what I've learned. If I don't get something done that day, and I have to copy and paste it, I might not even read what I've copied and pasted. But when I have to cross okay. it out and go, I didn't do this today, and I have to rewrite it the next day, it's like mentally telling myself twice, and then reordering it in like what is the priority for the next day. I can like、mm. really take in what I've got to do, so I find that to be useful. And also,、okay. I've gone into this, I've gone into this kind of I don't keep work and home diary separate. It's one diary. Okay. It's one diary. You don't have it separate. Yeah. Nope.、Okay. One diary. <laughs> yeah. See, I was the that, opposite. That, <laughs> I was for a very long time. I have to keep it. I have to keep it very separate. No, because I feel like if I want to achieve the things that I need to achieve at home that day, whatever、mm. it is, then I need to be aware that I've got to do them when I get home when I'm at work. Do you know what I mean? So I'm like,、wow. I'm like, okay, I need to leave today because this is important to me also. So I then like, I then go, okay, so I, I'm not going to do this at work today because I, I said, or I'm going to do this. So that's how I feel like they're both tied together. It's taken me a long time to get to this point. Wow, I mean, it makes sense. It it does it does make sense what you're saying, but I do have to keep it separate. Like, there's something about like that's the work planner that stays at work. Don't take that home, and then when I go home, yeah, it's a separate thing. And I think you know when、I、we were teaching、you. in lockdown, when it, when we were teaching in lockdown, that was the hardest thing because everything was synced to my phone. It's ping, ping, ping. Lessons happening, emails happening, everything's coming through my phone. But at the same time, messages from friends, and you know that's where your everything no divide, else of、yeah. your life is. And it was no differentiation. I found that really, really difficult having that 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 difference.、Um, so I am definitely an advocate of having your own teacher planner. Get it in the summer. Get it from Amazon, people. <laughs> Join the club. In the beginning, join join the secret club. <laughs> It's out there, <laughs> but、um, yeah, keep it separate. Is my advice. Yeah, I mean that is an episode in itself. I think like the whole work life balance separation.、Ooh. What strategies do you do?、Um, because there are、mm, loads. That's a good one. And people try and fail at this all the time, and you know, refine different techniques or whatever. And you're right, COVID and the lockdown. Blurred the lines completely. Fair, fair. I'm sure, like loads of、um, different industries. Talking about like promises to yourself. Have you ever done、mm. like a letter to yourself that、I、you write on the、I、first day? I love doing this. Oh, I love doing it, and I get all the students to do it as well. Actually,、but、I always do it. But then I can't even. I think I've only ever. I've I've definitely written at least three or four letters to myself, and only ever opened like one. So I don't know where the other three are. <laughs> But I love doing it just because the time that I did open it, it was just like wow, like that was a that was a good year. Like it was cool to see what I'd written to myself, what I'd set out to myself, and what I put in. And it, it's quite cool when the kids open theirs as well because、mm. we get them to do it at the beginning of every year. Write a letter to yourself. We open it at the end of their two years at sixth form. So that's really really cool. What about yourself? Have you done it? It's very similar. I think I've probably opened mine. The the only one I remember opening is probably the same one that you remember opening. It was like everyone was <laughs>、yeah. brought together to reopen these letters. Yeah, it's true.、Um, yeah, and that was, and I had a similar feeling. I was like, I actually did some of the things that I promised myself,、mm-hmm. but then there were other things in there that I was like, oh, I forgot that I said I was going to do that. 
you know, yeah. and maybe maybe it's not an end of the year activity to open it up. But I do think it is good to write down things that you say you're going to do at the start of the year and affirmations and all these type of things. Because you do something with the drive statement, right? That's a big. Do you want to explain what that is? Yeah, Daniel Pink, he's got um, a book called Drive. And I guess the, the point of it is the students kind of write down statements about themselves of who they want to be, where they want to go, what they want to achieve. Um, so we get them to kind of refine it into a sentence. So students have written things like um, she gave a voice to the voiceless or she was the first in her family to go to university and prepare the way for others. Like things like that, like their drive statement, like what drives you? Mm. Um, and then we get these um, statements kind of put onto little plastic bricks and they form a legacy wall, they form a wall. Um, a display wall at school and oh. it's really cool actually because then when students are having a hard day or when they're not motivated or if their behavior is poor we just take them to the wall and we're like you know are you there are you are you still dr- like striving for that um and it's it's a really nice thing to have the sixth form anchored in is kind of what drives you and so yeah it's it's a, it's a cool activity i think you you did it as well with some of your younger students right yeah we did it as um when Year nine are in key stage four in our school. So we did a similar thing when they transitioned from key stage three to four as part of their graduation. We got them to do a, um, the same thing, a, a drive statement. And like me and you have also done this drive statement activity, right? So and <laughs> names are etched on this wall as well. Forever. What's your one? Etched What's your one? Um, What's your mine was she wanted to be the change she wanted to see in the world. I just stole it right from Mahatma Gandhi. <laughs> <laughs> But it's really funny because I used to say it so much and um, like assemblies and like learning family are tutor time and all this that people think mm-hmm. that I came up with this quote. And I'm like, no, I really good. didn't. Do they also think you came up with David and Goliath? <laughs> because you are synonymous with that story as well. Oh, I do a mean assembly on David and Goliath. Yeah, I can't lie. That's a good assembly. And I know it that is, you're yeah. going to steal it. I know you're going to steal it. It's a good assembly. <laughs> You can definitely take that one. Maybe they'll think I've done it. I've got some good assemblies up my sleeve. That's another podcast, you know, assemblies. Because I've, I've got some good ones up my sleeve, I can't lie. But, I've um, seen some funny ones yeah. as well. Really? Yeah. that's. I will save that for another one. It's a different, I've seen some that's funny a assemblies. Topic. Do you know what one of my favourite parts of the new term is? Go on. It's watching the new members of staff have to stand up and, like, <laughs> you know, as they're introduced. And I don't care if you're coming in as an NQT or you're coming in as, you know, an AP or a VP. You are nervous. You are screaming and you do so not want awful. to stand up and wave. Yeah. And in our school, we take it to another level, right, where we call, we call it the globe welcome, where um, if you're new, then we play this music. What is it? What is that song? I don't know. I can't remember. Oh, No Place I'd Rather Be. It's No Place I'd Rather oh, Be. We play that, that song every year. Yeah, yeah. And the new staff have to walk up on stage <laughs> like they're in a catwalk. And mm-hmm. all the rest of the staff have to cheer and whoop and clap. Well, these poor staff have to walk onto stage, basically take a bow and walk off stage. <laughs> That's essentially it. <laughs> I've seen some people own it as well. Some people catwalk it completely. Totally. <laughs> and some people crumble under the heat. 
Oh my gosh, that 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 is the first test of who are you at, at our school, definitely. <laughs> it's the equivalent of like, it, it's like, you know, some football teams make their team members do the karaoke on their first, their first um, oh, really? you know, training session or whatever. Yeah, it's like a big yeah. thing. I think maybe we should move to that instead. You know, you got to pick your karaoke song and oh. you've got to do a verse. Now that would be awful. Really expose them. Oh, it's so awful. It's so awful. But yeah, I can imagine it is a very daunting feeling walking into it. To be honest, not even just the first meeting, although that is daunting, like being introduced, but just that first moment you step into a staff room and then, mm. you know, where you're just like, where do I get the cups? Where do I make the tea? Like, where do I ooh, sit for you know, lunch? what's the etiquette? What's, is that someone's seat? Like, I remember when I was younger, like a younger teacher, and I'm sitting in this lady's seat, and very clearly it was her seat. And I just didn't know, like, you know, that this was her. I thought he was going to say, I didn't seat. care. <laughs> well, I also slightly didn't care because there was two other seats, like, right next to me. And I'm just like, well, there's two other seats. But, you know, you just don't know, right? Like, <laughs> you're a new member of staff, you're a new, like, teacher, you're feeling a bit scared, especially if you're an NQT, I suppose. It's even more daunting because you probably weren't too long, like, at school yourself where the staff room was, like, the holy grail of teachers that you would never mm. enter, right? So, oh. yeah, that's 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 pretty daunting. I, I remember the staff room at my school that I was, like, a student at, and you'd, you'd knock on the door if you needed something and it would just open and then a billow of smoke would come out. <laughs> just, <laughs> you know, because then people could smoke indoors, you know, it In was, uh, yeah. And like that, I remember wow. that vividly, vividly. And it was like a big, it was a big like rectangular room with just, you know, those kind of um, spongy low seats that are really wide with wooden arms mm -hmm. and like the sponge really yeah. thick just around the outside but none in the middle like that I, yeah i never went in but i could see in that was my only yeah. kind of glimpse of it yeah but yeah what was it like for you then when you first i mean i know this is again another episode we're going to do on nqts but like when you first stepped into the star fruit after that being your experience of school and then you know becoming a teacher do you remember? I, I can't, to be honest with you. I can't. That wasn't a big, a big moment for me. Um, I guess I was just, I was, more, I just hung around with the NQTs. That's what you do, isn't it? You mm, have like your little NQT yeah. gang, and you're like, you know, do everything together. And um, yeah, and then obviously in my subject, I was in a two-person department, so it was like <laughs> we just did everything together mostly. Yeah. So you know. I don't remember there being like a big staff and the pub was like the socializing thing. And like, there was like mm. a, you know, a hierarchy in the pub kind of thing. And like, you know, yeah, for sure. that, that was like a bigger thing at the school that I was at anyway, at the time. Um, he, uh, here is, I guess it would be different here because it's almost like each staff, each faculty has their own mini staff, staff room. room. Yeah, true. And, and then people who don't have offices or shared their space, like, they're very much bunkered into this is where I sit and this is my area. So I feel like if I came <laughs> yeah. in there, there would be, I, I know there is, I've walked in and I've seen like, that's where the NQT sit. That's where that yeah. person sits. Yeah. That, you know, um, it, it does get like that, you know, and through habits, you can see, you know, people have lockers in there. So they want things close to their locker yeah. one month, the one near the power plug, um, <laughs> you know, so I can see, I can see the power plays going on. <laughs> 
the real estate. <laughs> but yeah, um, no, definitely. What are your like, kind of for the first couple of you know the first weeks back? What are your kind of routines in terms of like teaching as well? So I think I'm thinking things like seating plans. You know, mm. what are your kind of? Do you just go straight back into teaching a, a normal lesson from the first day, or do you have some kind of welcome back lesson? Yeah. I, I always um, have like a welcome back lesson where, especially if you've got new classes where I want to establish this is who I am and these are my rules. Because um, I also have a few extra rules compared to other staff members. <laughs> so, for example, uh, I really don't like the blinds being touched. They all have to be like straight in one line, right? So... All of the blinds have to be at the same level. If what if a kid like pulls up a blind so like one is higher and the other one's lower, no, it doesn't happen. So like I have to establish with the students that they cannot touch the blinds. That's like a non-negotiable. And then another one is um they have to double underline their date and tile. <laughs> I just think it looks nice. <laughs> So, you know, I need to make it really clear in the lesson that that's something you need to do. And then um, I know it's not important. I know this is not like teaching and learning, but I just like it. Um, and then I could do a whole big shebang about how I have the best books in the whole school. Like a lie. I tell the kids lies where I'm like, as a teacher, every single year, I've been here 13 years. I have the best books in the academy because they look neat and they look tidy. And, you know, you're not going to be the year group that let me down. And so then I, I go through my presentation expectations for their books. Um, in terms of seating plan, I don't really do one before I meet the kids. I like to meet the kids first and see where they sit. So like which you know, friend they prefer to sit by and all the rest of it, just to see, like, you know, if it can work, it can work. Um, but if it if it doesn't, I quickly know who who is kind of aligned with who to know that they're, mm. they're not sitting together. So I kind of let them, I know it's not really, again, advice, but I let them sit where they want to sit. And especially because I, I teach mostly A-level, so I don't feel oh, yeah, quite different. comfortable doing seating plans all the time with, with the older students. But yeah, with the younger students, I let them sit where they want to sit for the first lesson. And then after that, I come up with my seating plan of, of what I want them to do. But yeah, the first lesson's always like, what are my expectations? Mm. Um, like when they finish at the end of the lesson, I get them, I have this thing, stand up, still stand tall, stand silent. Like it's just a thing. It's like my little mantra, still tall, silent. And then we go through that and like I, I drill them until I've got them to where I want to get them to. And then after that, I start teaching properly. But yeah, that's my that's my little things. <laughs> wow. <laughs> what about you? <laughs> uh, right. So what I do is I go through the register and then I go boy, girl, boy, girl, boy, girl, boy, girl, boy, girl. <laughs> and then I put no, I don't. I used to do that, though. I did do that before. Like, you know, mm. how are you going to like? Then I was like, OK, I'm going to go boy, girl, alphabet. And I was like, no. There'll be loads of lessons where they do this. This will be a common technique. So they're going to be sitting next to these people all the time, all day. So now mm -hmm. I was like, I'll put Z with A. Then oh I'll put, you goodness. know, uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I went through I went through all these scenarios. But now I do tend to look at like the data and I do, mm. I still like, I don't know. It's like maybe an old fashioned thing, but I do still kind of like boy, girl. I do like it for a few reasons. One is, you know, I think just at school, 
in the playground. The boys stick with the boys, the girls stick with the girls. And the same mm-hmm. in the lunch hall. I like them to mix and like experience working with people from, you know, the opposite yeah. gender. I think it's healthy. Sure. Um and um you know, they can learn to communicate with each other in ways that, you know, especially in music, you are talking and, and communicating with people a lot. So mm. it it does it does I think it is beneficial, really. So I do that, and then um, I also look at you know grades and things like that because it is it can be really useful to you know, particularly if you can get like some info from teachers before if you've not taught them about like who's mm. really skilled, who could potentially model mm. things to someone that maybe needs a little bit more. So I do tend to you know go in quite hard on the seating plan, um, but then yeah, if things don't work, I will move them on quite quickly. You know, yeah, I, uh, I suppose the only time that I'll really focus on a seating plan or look at, you know, where I sit a student prior to meeting them is when I look at like SEN needs yeah. or like if I can see that they are students who are new to the country and, and they don't speak English or something, you know, that, yeah. that in those situations, then fair, I would I would have something in place. But yeah, I've never done the girl boy thing. Um, I think mainly because though when when I first started working at our school, the ratio was seven boys to one girl. <laughs> so That's you wouldn't crazy. remember this because I've been there quite a long time. But yeah, the ratio used to be seven to one. That is very significant. Like, I mean, it is less. Is I mean, it's nearly fifty fifty, but it's not. It's still slanted, isn't it? One way or the other. Yeah, but it's, it's slightly close more to boys than girls. Yeah, maybe it's yeah. like a sixty forty split. I'm not sure, but. Yeah, seven to one is. It was really crazy. crazy. Just like noticeable. Really noticeable. Like yeah. you have a class full of boys and one girl maybe. But Wasn't it, was it an all really, boys school really at noticeable. one point though? Yeah, prior, yeah. prior before my okay. time, it was yeah. an all boys school, and then it became. That makes like, sense though, right? Yeah, true. And there's a girls' school next to us as well. What would your advice be then, for someone finishing the summer? They've had a lovely holiday. They. <laughs> like most teachers, haven't looked at their inbox. They got their seating plans. They've got their lessons to do. They've, you know, got two days of training to complete with safeguarding quizzes and kiss keys. And they've got various other bits of formal training that they need to complete. Mm -hmm. And they've probably got a week to do it. What's your advice? My advice... um Go on Skyscanner and start booking your October half-term holiday. <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> I'm joking, I'm joking. Um, what is my advice? <sighs> Where do I even begin? Um, I feel like I could give all the advice in the world and then, like, I don't even follow it myself. Like, my advice would be, like, get ahead of your lessons, you know, know your classes, you know, get ahead of everything, prepare yourself well, feel good, go get your new clothes, go get your new stationery, get ready for the term in that sense. But the reality is, like, we work in a school and, like, things are going to get thrown at you that you weren't expecting. And so mm. at some to some level, you can't be fully prepared for what the term is going to bring, right? So I suppose just have that kind of mindset, like, be as prepared as you can, but be open-minded to know that... Um, things change and in uh, I think in our school like one thing I learned very quickly was like you could have like the most well-laid plans 
And then suddenly, like, you know, the principal wants to call a, an assembly that runs over by an hour or something. And then you're, you're like, OK, this has pushed back a few things. And, and you, do you know what I mean? So, like, I think stay mm. flexible. Um, be as prepared as you can be, but stay flexible and know that it's an ever-changing environment. That is my advice. Probably not great advice, actually. Please give us some powers of wisdom. <laughs> No, I, I think that's really good advice. And someone said this to me once about night like, teaching and planning. And they said it's it's like building a plane in the sky. And I've used that analogy mm. quite a few times because it is true. You know, like it's quite high stakes. You know, you've got to build it. But, um, you know, you you are things are ever changing. And if you, you know, um, there's there's another quote as well around. I, I can't remember word for word, but it's about basically like you know the plan planning is really useful but plans rarely are so you know mm. like the act of like thinking about things and going through things is like you know obviously going to benefit you but like mm. your plan when you finish up with you're going to have to change at some point anyway so don't you know don't don't be attached to anything too deeply be ready be flexible mm. and um probably you know don't start a marathon by sprinting is probably what i'd say yeah you know. definitely especially for that term yeah exactly pace yourself and you know sometimes you just gotta go home and come back tomorrow and do do it tomorrow you know like and um it's very easy when you've had such a big time off to go oh, i'm staying till eight tonight i'm staying until seven yeah. tonight i'm gonna do it when i get home and because you're like keen and enthused by all of the kind of things you've been thinking about over the summer and you're mm. really passionate about making the change that you've seen in the data that you've been analyzing and mm. you know but you have to you have to pace yourself because yeah. week two's coming week three's coming and totally you know it, it starts adding up so those would be my bits of advice and i know i know i was joking about go on sky scanner and book your october half term <laughs> But in a way, I'm not joking. Like, do think ahead on those things. Like, because like I said, you know, previously we said in this podcast, like it's an intense term and you almost do have to think, okay, what what am I going to do to relax in eight weeks time? Mm -hmm. Because it will take everything out of you. And, you know, when you're in the term, you may not have the time to really be thinking about that. So it's good to kind of have something that you're aiming for as well, whether it's just, you know, I'm going to go and see family that half term or I'm going to get out of you know, wherever it is that I live normally for a couple of days or I am going to go abroad or whatever it is or I'm going to do this new hobby I have been putting off for the last eight weeks. Like, it's good to kind of think ahead and plan out how you're going to spend that time too. That's brilliant. Advice. <laughs> Solid advice. So we've come to that part of our episode where we want to show and tell and I love, I don't know about you, Sean, but I love listening to TED Talks. In fact, in the sixth form that I'm supporting right now, we have TED Talk Tuesdays and we really, really enjoy exposing students to new ideas and different ways of thinking and all the rest of it. But the thing that I wanted to bring to show and tell this week was a TED Talk done by Rita Pearson. It is a TED Talk classic so I know there'll be some educators out there that are like yeah I've heard that one before um, but for those new to teaching or those who haven't heard it I really encourage you to check it out it's called Every Kid Needs a Champion by Rita Pearson. Rita was a teacher for 40 years um, and she talks essentially about how educators need to believe in their students and actually connect with them on a real human personal level and when you do that you see amazing results from the students and she just shares some of her um, ideas 
ideas and thoughts on that but she's such an inspiration to listen to so if you're thinking about how you uh, maybe just need a little bit of inspo a little bit of encouragement um, in your teaching practice then check out Rita Pearson every kid needs a champion and even if you have heard it before like these things are timeless and you can watch that and sometimes it's just the pick you up you need um, and sometimes it's just the reminder and I, I don't know with videos like this every time you watch it it evokes a different thought or different feeling because you're further down the line and perhaps you've you've seen things like I know watching this after being a pastoral lead for four years changes the way I view it compared to as I saw it as a classroom teacher so yeah and also but I was going to say if you are maybe a senior leader or middle leader who's running a CPD uh, this week maybe you're doing I don't know something on behavior management or something on teaching and learning whatever it is then this could be a great way to start that CPD just to kind of uplift the colleagues around you and and get them feeling empowered and inspired and motivated Okay, so we're at that point in our podcast where we talk about highlights in education. And so I've got a little bit of uh, an interesting one. I'm not too sure if it is a highlight. It'd be interesting to hear your thoughts, John, actually. So I was reading on Schools Week this week that the head of... So he's the Ofsted's National Director of Education. He has said that longer Ofsted inspections could reduce anxiety for schools and so what he is proposing is that Ofsted inspections the section 8 Ofsted inspections are longer and that the reason he thinks that this is going to reduce teacher anxiety is because it will give them longer like a longer amount of time for them to be able to um think about you know how they can discuss evidence show the evidence of the school and it'll probably reduce their workload so is this a good news story Ofsted inspections getting longer you know they used to be for five days 15 inspectors five days they've gone down to two inspectors over two days he's saying it needs to be somewhere in the middle and he thinks that that's a good thing what do you think is that a good news story sean I I mean, when you told me initially, uh, there was a wave of anxiety that came over me. Um, but I understand. I understand that if they are there for longer, then you don't have to rush things. Mm. And you maybe like every meeting that you have with them and every interaction with them isn't as high stakes. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I suppose the way you could look at it is if you have an exam in a subject and you only have one exam in that subject, you know, it's it's everything on that one exam. Mm. Whereas if you have a few different assessments and something doesn't go quite right on that one exam, you've got a couple of other mm. exams to kind of, you know, prove your your um, ability. True. So I guess I, I can understand both sides to it, but you're never, ever going to get away from the fact that you have an Ofsted never. inspector in there <laughs> and that, yeah, and, and, and that all the things that you do are going to be scrutinized and um you know i think very i've been very lucky to be in schools where um you know the pressure is is dealt with really mm. well and you know the message is just do what you do yeah. every day because what we do every day is great i mean know? that and, is um, the message uh, <laughs> whether in practice that's how you feel <laughs> <laughs> that you're, you just do yeah. what you normally do, you know, is another thing. But I do, I hear you, I hear you, I hear you. We should be just getting on with what we normally do and not putting on a show. That is for certain. 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> especially when the show's five days long, you know, you can't, you can't sustain. Oh gosh. So, I mean, let us know. Do you think this is a good news story or are you like, Miriam, why is this a highlight? <laughs> It'd be so interesting to know your thoughts on whether you think Ofsted inspections being longer is a good thing or not. For me, jury's still out, I have to admit. I'm not too sure about this. And I know we are going to discuss Ofsted inspections in a future podcast, in a future episode. So we don't want to go too deep into it, but it'd be really good to know your thoughts before we actually tackle that podcast um, on this particular issue. So get in touch. <laughs> just just a quick go Do you think that any teachers out there are going, yes, five days. <laughs> oh, I've been waiting for this. Absolutely not. I mean, <laughs> it's just, I, I like you, when I saw that, that headline, I did laugh out loud and I was like, they think that's going to reduce anxiety. Are they crazy? But, um, you know, maybe like you, you know what you're saying, you've got longer to prove yourself, you don't feel so, it's high stakes, maybe it will make a difference. But jury's out, let's hear your thoughts, get in touch, and we'll definitely be discussing this in a future podcast. So this part of the show, we always want to end with an interaction from our listeners. And this week, I know, Miriam, you've sent out a poll uh, based on the last episode mm. around why people get into teaching. So what have you found? Yeah, it was really interesting. Obviously, we were discussing the episode last time. You know, why do we get into teaching? Is it for the love of the students? The love of the subject? Is it for the love of the holidays? Is it those who can't teach you know why do we all get into it and so we did a little poll on LinkedIn just FYI guys if you're on LinkedIn please feel free to add us because um, we're always chucking out questions there and what I loved was a hundred percent of you say you do this for the love of the students and I think that is the Wait. best reason to get into teaching so it's really great to hear from you I know we had so many people view that post over 193 views of that post so don't forget to get involved get in engaged with the conversation and the questions um, that we put out there but it's so good to hear so many of you do this for the love of the students the best reason to be in teaching that's all for this week folks thanks everyone for listening and don't forget to connect with us on social media just search that staff room podcast links are in the show notes get involved in the conversation by leaving comments and messages this podcast is all about sharing ideas and building connections. And if you like what you hear, don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcast. And if you're feeling kind, then leave us a review. Five stars are most welcome. Until next time, top up your coffee, sharpen your pencils, class dismissed.